I've always been instructed to stand up, speak up, and shut up. I've been told to say something funny to capture, <laughs> capture the moment. And the uh, funny thing was that I felt like we had a really good service this morning down at Big Carpeth. I missed y'all, but I'm usually not long-winded, and somehow I was picked a one day not be long-winded, so <laughs> we almost missed lunch. <laughs> yeah, I usually never have a problem with that, but I felt the Lord was with us, and the trust he was with y'all. And uh, what I have on my mind this afternoon is Jude 1.1. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. Here we have Jude writing, and he mentions the three-in-one Godhead. He says, to them that are sanctified or chosen, that word sanctified means to set apart for a holy use. It's election, God elected his people the foundation of the world they were set apart they were taken out of Adam's family and put into his own family they were sanctified by God the Father in Jeremiah 1 and 5 it says before I formed thee in the belly I knew thee he knew Jeremiah long before the foundation of the world but him saying I knew thee was a special kind of knowledge a loving knowledge a sanctifying knowledge a chosen says before I formed thee in the belly I knew thee Jeremiah before thou camest forth out of the womb I sanctified thee and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations he says we're sanctified by God the Father turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 2, Paul says, And to the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always on your behalf. We need to be thanking God always on the behalf of his children and the times we're with them. Paul is writing to the church at Corinth. And he says, I thank, I thank my God always on your behalf. Not on my behalf, but it's on your behalf. For the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ. That in everything you are enriched by him in all utterance and in all knowledge. Even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you. So that you come behind and no gift want waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus, who shall also confirm you or preserve you unto the end. God has promised to preserve his people until the end. Our preservation is in Christ Jesus. If I preserve something, there's a chance that it may not take, may not keep, may show up one day to grab something out and find out that it was never preserved. We talked about the tulip doctrine a couple of Sundays ago about total depravity and the firm understanding of what depravity even means. We talked about uh, if you're ever going to enjoy the blessings of preservation, understand and receive the love that God has, that we're preserved in Christ Jesus. So it's unconditional election. It's 
sanctification. It's limited atonement. We believe in limited atonement. We don't believe in a general atonement. God came and laid down his life for a particular people. It's called particular redemption or limited atonement. It's limited only to the child of God. All that the Father gave to the Son, that's who he, his atonement was for. Not anybody else, but for those special sheep. And then irresistible grace. You know, if grace could be resisted, you know, I don't really want to be born again, Lord. You know, why did you do this? I, I'm going to take the other road. It's nonsense. God's power and God's love upon a child is irresistible. Irresistible grace. And he says, and Jude, he says, and we're preserved in Jesus Christ and called. We're preserved in Christ Jesus. God sanctified by the Father and preserved. Look what he says in Psalms uh, 37 and verse 28. Psalms 37 and verse 28. He says, For the Lord loveth judgment and forsaketh not his saints. They are preserved forever, but the seed of the wicked shall be cut off. Turn over to Psalms 97 and verse 10. If you have your Bibles. Psalms 97.10. Ye that love the Lord hate evil. He, who's, who's the he? He preserveth the souls of the saints. He delivereth them out of the hand of the wicked. This is why I appreciate per, uh, preservation of the saints so much. It's God who's doing the preserving. It's not man. It's not anybody, any other man between us. It's not your preacher. It's not... You know, your uncle, your aunt, that's none other than God himself. And he's going to preserve them from everlasting to everlasting. Before he knew Jeremiah, you know, he sanctified him, preserved him. I love it. The, uh, you know, the, uh, I was talking to a, my friend Carl, and I can just tell he believes in the perseverance of the saints. And I, he just... He won't come off of it. I mean, I'm banging my head. I, it's a tough road to haul. And then I heard a wonderful sermon on Grace Alone, Brother Michael, preaching out of Hebrews. And I'm like, listen to this. Like, this is it. <laughs> I was like, if he don't get it now, he's never going to get it. And about halfway through the sermon, I mean, he started sending me text messages opposite that he didn't believe. And I said, well, it's only in the Lord's hand. I said, but I sent him Psalms 89. 30 through 33. Now listen to this. Nevertheless, he says in verse 30, he says, His seed also will I make to endure forever, and his throne as the days of heaven. If his children forsake my law and walk not in my judgments, if they break my statutes and keep not my commandments, have you walked a straight and narrow all your life? Have you crossed all your T's and dotted all your I's? Of course not. We're sinners, you know, men at best, or best of men are men at best. We've heard that before. And that's the bottom line. He says, if his children forsake my law and walk not in my judgments, if they break my statutes and keep not my commandments, then will I visit their transgressions with the rod. You're going to reap what you sow. And here he's saying, he goes, I will visit their transgression with the rod and their iniquity with stripes. Nevertheless, thank God there's a nevertheless right there. My loving kindness will I not utterly take from him, nor will I suffer my faithfulness to fail. My covenant will I not break, nor alter the thing that has gone out of my lips. 
God is a covenant-keeping God. He will not suffer his faithfulness to fail. We're going to trip. We're going to fall. We read out of Jude last, uh, last Sunday morning. The Bible verse, you know, Jude 1.24 says, Now unto him that is able. I love those. Now unto him that is able to, to keep what? To keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of the glory with exceeding joy. We are going to fall. We are going to trip. We're going to not supposed to veer to the right or the left. We're supposed to stay that straight and narrow. But it's tough. It's not easy for everybody to stay on that straight and narrow. It's very easy to do what? Go on the path of destruction. It's the easy way out. That's why we're, uh, it's our human nature at best. The uh, Ephesians, he says that uh, in the ages to come, he might show his exceeding riches of his grace and his what? His kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. It says, for by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. It's not the salvation. It's not the, your uh, works. But it's, we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Romans chapter 8. He, he sets the, the one book of the Bible we love to preach. And I, I do like preaching it. You can't go wrong. But Paul, listen to what he says and see if they don't bring you some comfort. He says, you know, verse 29, for whom he did foreknow, there's that knowledge that he had of Jeremiah. He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. I told my friend Carl, I said, it sounds like what you're preaching to me is <laughs> there's going to be few in heaven. Because most of the saints down through life are not going to persevere. I told him, I said, what about the thief on the cross? He said, he repented right there at the end. He said, Lord, remember me. And I said, we're, we're not getting anywhere. I said, but there's hope based on Jesus Christ. There's hope for us as a child of God of our preservation in Christ Jesus. It's not, my hope is not in my perseverance. He says, moreover, who did predestinate, then he also called. There's that calling that Jude talked about. And whom he called, then he also justified. He declared them righteous. And whom he justified or declared righteous, then he also glorified. As God is going to be doing the glory in, at the end of time. Our bodies will be glorified. We'll be like the Son of Man, the Son of God, Jesus Christ himself. Why? It's based on the pre preservation of the saints. No matter what we do, no matter what road we travel, our hope is in Jesus Christ. What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Well, here's the opportunity. You're going to be charged by other people. You may be charged in the court of law, but there's other things that people charge you with that would take you out of the hand of God. He said, no man is able to pluck them out of my hand. Me and the Father are one, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. He is greater than all. You're not, nobody's going to pluck you out. Nobody's going to take you out of the mighty hand of God. Nobody's going to lay anything to the charge of God's elect. Nobody can. If God be for us, who can be against us? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yet risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Here he is. He gives all the things, knowing that there's nothing, nothing that shall separate us from the love of God. I love to read in Luke chapter 10, verse 20. 
when the disciples, uh, apostles, came to Jesus and it's like, look what we have done. He said, they answered, John the Baptist. Oh, see, let's see. Luke, where I want Luke chapter 10 and verse 20. He says, must back up. He said, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Verse 19, behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding in this, rejoice not. That was something to rejoice in, that they were able to do the Lord's work, and the Lord gave them power to do certain things. And this is obviously something that, you know, we should rejoice in. They were rejoicing in. They were coming like, hallelujah, we're, we're doing it, okay? <laughs> he said, notwithstanding in this, rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because what? Your names are written in heaven. That's where your names are written in heaven. That's what you should be rejoicing in. Rejoicing that your name is written in heaven. He said, and called. We believe that you will be uh, every child of God, every child of grace, through the covenant and their names written in the Lamb's book of life. From their conception to sometime when they pass this scene of life, we'll be called by God the Father. He says, and uh, we believe in that calling in 2 Timothy 1 9, he says, God who has saved you and what? Called you with a holy calling. Not according to your works, but according to his what? His own purpose and grace. That's a, that's a done deal. That is not a, that's irresistible grace. He is the one that does the saving. He's the one that does the calling. That's where it all lies. Look in John 5 and 25 and see if, whose voice it, uh, the child is hearing. Is they're hearing the gospel preached and Believing and accepting Jesus as a personal Savior? Nope. Nope. John 5.25 says that, Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto you, the hour is coming and now is, when what? The dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. This is our spiritual conversation he's having. He's not having a natural one. The dead can't hear. The can't, dead can't do. dead can't accept. Can't, you can entice them, throw them. Throw some bones out there to like some ravenous dogs and they're going to eat it up. They ain't doing nothing. You can do it all day you want to. You can talk as sweet as you want to. You can talk with the knowledge out of heaven, but you're not going to get a dead alien sinner to move one step towards you. He says, barely, barely, the hour is coming now is when the dead shall hear the voice of who? The Son of God. And they that hear shall live. That's the calling. The, uh, in verse chapter 10 and 27, I want to read, he says, talking to some Jews. Now, we talked about this not too long ago, but I want to relook at it. He said, then came the Jews round about him and said unto him, how does this make us doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and ye believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But ye believe not, because you are not of my sheep, as I said unto you. Jesus says it. Exact opposite. He says, you believe not because you are not. Not you are not because you believe not. There's a big difference right there. And th that two phrases, if you just switched them around, they seemingly like they would make much sense. But I love how the Lord writes the word through a steady pen of the writers. And in John, he says, but ye believe not because you are not. And my sheep, and I said unto you, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. They're not going to follow him in uh, gospel baptism, 
and coming down to the church, they'll follow him because they'll hear his voice. Not the voice of the preacher, but hear his voice. I've never audibly heard of it. I don't think I, I ever will unless I'm here when the Lord comes back and calls us up to meet him in the clouds. I'll hear it then in an audible voice if I'm still alive, but I'm going to hear it even if I'm in the grave when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I want to uh, end this afternoon in Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews, the second chapter, verse 10, it says, For it became him for who are all things and by whom are all things and bringing many sons into glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For both he that sanctifieth, they who are sanctified are all of one, for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren. He wasn't ashamed to call you, to call me brethren. Him and his father's will were the same. He came down from heaven not to do his own will, but the will of him who sent me. Like I said before, we were not, we're not pretty. We were not all polished and shaped up for him to even love us but he wasn't ashamed to call us his brethren he sanctified they who are sanctified are all of one which for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren saying i will declare thy name unto my brethren in the midst of the church will i sing praise unto thee and again i will put my trust in him that's where our trust is i don't have much trust in anything here in this life but we have a great trust in him, not in anything else. I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I and the children which God hath given me. God has given his children to the son. And he says, and the children which God hath given me. God gave you to the son. Amen. God is not ashamed to call them that he's given him his brethren. That's why he came down. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death. That is the devil. The devil has been slain. He ain't going to bother you soon. He's going to bother you now. But there's coming a day he's not going to bother you ever again. Nothing in this world, not the heartaches, not the pain, not the sufferings, not the devil himself, because he is a roaring lion seeking who may devour. He'll take the weakling out of the flock, and that's who he's going for. And he does that in your temple of God. He'll pick out the easiest way to deceive you, to trick you, to have you, a, you know, basic get death of fellowship between you and God. He's, it's only for a short period of time, so be, be of good comfort. He's destroyed the devil, the power of death, and deliver them who through the fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham, Wherefore, in all things it behooved him to be likened to his brethren, that he may be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. God has made reconciliation back to God and his children. He's the one mediator, mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. I love the man. I love the one man and uh, made many righteous. I like the, the no man doctrine. I love the man doctrine. I may speak about that <laughs> one Sunday coming up. 
because there's only one man. There's only one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. He has made reconciliation for us. We didn't come up with our own strength. We didn't come, we had no strength. We fell short. God made reconciliation. Jesus made reconciliation for his people. For that in himself has secured or uh, for in that he himself has suffered, being tempted, he is able. There's that word again. He is able to secure them that are tempted, preserve them, secure them. No matter what temptations we uh, have in this life, Jesus will remain faithful to his covenant. He'll make, chastise you with the rod, but he will not allow his faithfulness to fail. We are preserved in Christ Jesus. We are sanctified by God the Father, preserved in Jesus Christ, and called. You were called before time ever began, but during this lifetime, he's gonna, you will hear the voice of the Son of God. He'll bless his spirit into us. One day, we'll be with him forevermore. We'll be, we are preserved. Don't ever forget that. We may suffer by not persevering, but thank God for the preservation of the saints. The last P on that tulip, understand that. It's a good guideline to just kind of carry you through and able to uh, edify you in your studies on the scriptures that understand depravity, but thank God, the other side of that depravity is the preservation of the saints, because why? It's in Christ Jesus. There is no failure. He is able to secure them. He is able to do all things. We're capable of a lot of things, but we're not able to do what Christ Jesus did on the cross of Calvary by redeeming, reconciling, and justifying us, declaring us righteous in the sight of his heavenly Father.